0: The Republic of Honduras is home to 8.2 million people, and in 2011, it was declared the most dangerous country in the world. This is based on the murder rate. It's also known as one of the most dangerous countries for journalists and LGBT people. Today we talk about Honduras, which is something the mainstream media doesn't often do. And there's more to this story than just being declared the worst or the most dangerous. There are human lives at play, and there are people with the power to do something about it or to make matters worse. This is Citizen Reporter number 409 for the 23rd of January, 2012. On the line right now uh, from Honduras is artist, human rights defender and prosecutor. Uh, She's the director of Tegucigalpa-based human rights organization, Refuge Without Limits. Uh, Let's say good morning to Gilda Batista.
1: Good morning. Good to hear from Um, you.
0: Good to hear from you as well uh, it 's the first time you and I speak uh, like this and and I 'm excited uh, to be able to ask you some questions now you know and and I know that um, Honduras is a topic that for some reason just doesn 't get into the big international headlines um, i don 't know if that 's a good or a bad thing, but right now I would say it 's a bad thing with all the things going on there um, let 's start with. The overall situation, because one of the headlines I've read recently is that Honduras, in terms of public safety, is in a really bad state right now. Um, I've heard that, well, to begin with, it's considered, or being considered for 2011 anyway, one of the most dangerous places in the world. Is that how it's being referred to?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's the most dangerous place in the world to visit and live. It's, 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 more, it's more dangerous than any country who is in conflict, in war conflict.
0: How does that translate? I mean, you're living your daily life. Are you in Tegucigalpa? How does that translate in the day-to-day?
1: Well, it, it has to do a lot with the uh, social injustice, definitely, that goes on in this country for decades. So uh, poverty, it's, it's a component that really strikes the Honduran society. That's what's going on. To, uh, the the, um, rich, the rich people of Honduras are just a few, and those few own the entire country. They don't care about society, population. They don't care about family. They don't care about anybody except themselves.
0: I want to make sure people have... Um some of the facts surrounding the country and get, get the overview. First of all, you just mentioned that the, the wealthy in the country are very few. Um, I think a large majority of the country is considered uh, under the poverty level, living at poverty level, right?
1: Well, Honduras is considered, as of 2011, the poorest country in Latin America. We were, number, we were second after Haiti. Now we're number one. Mm. Now you can imagine how this is really really strikes the Honduran society. Ninety percent of the population is not, not doing very well. Only ten percent is doing fabulous.
0: It, it, if i look up things like economics and try and read news regarding this economic situation over the last few years i'll find that honduras for example is big as a coffee uh producing country and also textiles um was there ever a time that either of these or something else were doing well when was honduras doing well uh, and not considered this in this bad economic situation
1: well, it, it's not a situation of doing well. It was improving uh, during uh, a, a President Zelaya's term. It was it was really improving. The human um, the human index was improving definitely under Zelaya's um, uh, government.
0: I want to make sure people are following that one as well. Uh, Some may remember President Zelaya. He's the president who was ousted in a military coup. Um, It it certainly grabbed headlines. I think it was around the end of 2009 or 2010. Um, I mean, how long was he in office? Because I can't remember right now. And and in what ways was he changing things? Like, was it a, a, a law issue or what was it?
1: yes uh, he was in office three and a half years his policies were really helping the honduran society overall he had uh, such policies as far as energy his energy policies really was helping our economy uh, the average honduran economy he um he really was hard on uh, the company international companies doing big businesses here in uh, in Honduras in regards to energy, uh, fuel, and that really helped us out. He also signed a treaty with Venezuela with President Hugo Chavez, the ALBA treaty, and that really was um, helping our economy and Petro-Caribe that has to deal with fuels also. He was also interested in the campesino as far as um land uh, tenancy is concerned and um he really was uh really interested in, in the agriculture issues and that that really was helping the rural area he had um he had this uh, with the alba treaty he had loans um that any a- a- average hunter w- could uh Uh, could apply to. And that really was helping the average Honduran also. Education, as far education issues, the the women also, we were doing a lot better under Celaya. Uh, We had um, a lot of uh, issues uh, that were cleared out and that helped uh, women a lot too.
0: And so how did, I mean, it's all in the past, but it's, it's worth remembering, and, and, and for those who never knew, learning, how did a president that seems like was so popular and, and making such strides, how could he have been ousted? I mean, who was behind it? Who wanted him out? Who was so angry with him?
1: Well, the actors are the richest people in Honduras, the U.S. government, um, the Ar- Honduran army, the church... The church, the Catholic and Protestant church also had a lot to do. And the um, the, uh, the, the politicians have, that have been uh, ruling this country for decades, that's what happened. All these actors did not like the situation that uh, Zelaya was really concerned about issues that, that had to do with the majority of Hondurans
0: i 've read I was looking through even the u s State Department documents, which are not always uh the most informative, but I did find references to u s companies, and I guess we have to get into the u s role in a larger uh, way, but that u s companies have issues problems with the Honduran governments i mean I don't fully understand what problems they have it it's uh, I'm still trying to figure it out, but that um, aid was actually held back or, or sort of hinging last year on whether or not the Honduran government settles conflicts with U.S. companies. Um, is this a well-known thing in Honduras that, that some American companies were somehow uh, <laughs> hurt or injured or, or lost something because of the Honduras, Honduran government?
1: No, I think it's just a play thing going on between uh, between the um, perfidia Lobos uh, government and the U.S. Uh, government. It, it's not something really serious. I mean, um, hmm. the United States here has has freedom to do whatever they want. They do actually do whatever they want. We have so many military bases here. I mean, in such a small country, uh, they, the the budget for the arm, armed forces is huge. It's huge. And I don't think that... I would take that seriously. U.S. does whatever they want here.
0: Yeah, I've read. They
1: impose here. They impose. They impose whatever they want in this country.
0: Hmm. I've read comparisons to what's happening in terms of uh, military involvement uh, and assistance from the U.S. to the Honduran military. I've heard comparisons to Colombia, even uh, with the whole Plan Colombia issue. Um, do you see a lot of evidence of this? I mean, I've heard, for example, that the weapons that, of course, the the military carries there are all uh, manufactured by U.S companies but are there other examples
1: yes we have well we have uh, the like i said before the uh, military bases we have new be- military bases uh, going up here in Honduras mm-hmm. so uh the us involvement here in Honduras has to do with um the geopolitical uh, situation of Honduras we're really close to um we're in the middle of the americas first of all we're very close to uh, cuba we're close to Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala. So uh, Honduras is actually an it's an action point here, where the U.S. can can uh, from here really keep an eye on the other nations. It has to do with with U.S. interests. Hmm. It has to do with with uh, uh, with um, the Department of State uh, really pressuring uh, the the. Um, the Honduran government to to um, go to have to oh, excuse me, Mark. That's no, okay. Um, the U.S. Uh, it has to do with the U.S. government pressuring Profesor Lobo Sosa to have a larger budget uh, for arms, arms and weapons mm-hmm. in order to keep control of the other nations. It's definitely so. Plus, the U.S. has uh, bases in, uh, in Costa Rica.
0: Hmm. I always hear about how and Costa Rica Nicaragua has no...
1: Is in the...
0: <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh-huh? I always hear about how Co- Costa Rica has no military, but here we, we hear about how the U.S. military is present in Costa Rica.
1: Yes, it has. It, it, with the new president of Costa Rica, they had an agreement and there's new military bases. So we have Costa Rica and Honduras, and in the middle we have Nicaragua. Hmm.
0: Uh, we started by talking a little bit about uh, crime, and we, we've gone to economy, and it all sort of ties together here with the military. Not too long ago this week, as a matter of fact, I read in the in these times about um, Operation Lightning. Um, so l- let's talk about this and explain it to people a little bit. Um, this is uh, more power to the military, it seems. Yes. It,
1: it, Operation Lightning has to do something like the Patriot, Act act in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They could come in. uh, The military can can detain any civil person in the street. They could come into your house house and do whatever they want. They could take whatever they want. They have the freedom to do whatever they want. That's what the Congress, Honduran Congress, did. They gave them freedom to do whatever they want. They have more freedom freedom than the police. They could do whatever they want with any civil person.
0: And, and like with the Patriot Act, I remember I was in the U.S. during that time. Um, are people supporting it? Because it's always surprising when people are scared, right? They, they will support such policies. Uh, where do the Honduran people stand on this, this Operation Lightning?
1: Of course we're not supporting it because we know U.S. is behind it. U.S. wants to keep control of the, of the population. It, it has to do with U.S. interests. That's what they're doing—keeping an eye on us, uh, see, uh, see if if we have any ideological change. They don't want us to think about socialism, which socialism will be very beneficial for Honduras. Hmm. They don't want us to think about socialism. They just want to keep their uh, the their capitalist ideology, which is not working for the majority.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, U.S. government is it's, it. It's a very stubborn government. It has been for decades. It hasn't changed with Obama at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it often sounds like a lot of the Cold War policies and that thinking, although some of that might have changed back in the U.S. towards other parts of the world, it hasn't. the program hasn't changed much, especially for, for Central America um, vis-a-vis the United States. Uh, it sounds like not much has changed there.
1: Mark, can you imagine it's such a tiny country, and the U.S., such a powerful country. They pay attention to Honduras because of our geopolitical position. And they would laugh at, at the U.S. if Honduras we would, uh, we would change the political system of Honduras. They would laugh at the U.S., and they don't want to get laughed at. That's why they have control over us. Mm. They really want, they're creating a psychological situation where we have, ha, they want us to feel fear and yeah. they want us to feel miserable also. Yeah. Like w- there, no changes can be made. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're really trying to suffocate uh, our, our our brains, uh, our thoughts. They don't like us. They don't like that. They don't like progressive. Thinking, they want to just suffocate it and get it over with.
0: Yeah. So, but what about the the voices of progressive people? I'm listening to one right now. Um, what about journalists? Are there journalists able to write about, uh, for example, the the invasion or the the yeah the the infringing on rights by the military? Now, is are these reports getting out?
1: Not really. Well, we have we have had uh, seventeen um, media people. Uh, Hill assassinated here in Honduras we have had a like uh, well out of those 70 you could say 14 have been political uh, politically motivated Now, for video lower regime wants to confuse the um, the audience especially the audience abroad that all of the cases are just common crime cases which they're not
2: hmm. Hmm.
1: So that's that's very dangerous. What they're doing in regards to, with human rights issues, they're trying to just put everything in one basket and say, "Well, they label it. This is just regular crime, um, you know, regular street crime, assassinations, which they're not." So journalists really have it tough here. Media people have it tough. They could get assassinated. Hmm. I had I had I was I had uh, started a civil. Uh, Um, rights movement and I had I got uh, last year uh, five months ago I had uh, under my door they injected tear gas under my door Hmm. so anything they don't like they want to get rid of
0: yeah yeah so you yourself and people who work with you uh, for example at Refuge Without Limits I imagine you have to take a lot of precautions in your regular life uh, because of the the dangers from so many sides um, of people who would like to uh, hurt you
1: yes yes uh, i mean uh we cannot be on the street just just walking on the street and having fun we just go out on the street when we have to really have to so we are hmm. like uh, in prison uh, in some ways but we do our job i mean uh, the government needs to know we are here and that we will denounce anything that is happening here whether they like it or not
0: yeah it is a very what are, dangerous what most... situation mm-hmm. I'm curious, Gilda, what do most people that you know, I mean, you're there in a city, what do they do? Are, are, is is it unemployment or is it, uh, um, in, uh, what you call it, manufacturing jobs? What kind of work is... is uh the big ones there
1: oh well maquila jobs u s uh, international companies based here in Honduras they get paid under minimum wage with salaja salaya is something that he did also he's with a minimum wage policy uh he added a sixty percent um uh, um increase of the minimum wage during his term mm-hmm. and that really uh that really uh, was something that triggered the the um, um the businessmen here that didn't they didn't like it. it triggered their anger they didn't like that Celaya had increased sixty percent and now uh, people get paid under min- minimum wage they are um higher on hourly basis they have lost uh all their what do you call it uh
0: gee. benefits all huh?
1: the benefits yeah they lost all the benefits. Uh, the youth are unemployed I mean the uh, Honduras, uh, Honduran societies compose more of youth and women and youth are unemployed um, the unemployment rate here is very high uh, we have we have a very um, our currency it's not a strong currency we, we are, the inflation rate is really increasing Honduran, um, the Honduran government is just printing out money like crazy to, to make payments with nothing to back, back it up with. So that's go- going to increase inflation and we're going to have chaos. We're waiting for that chaos. I mean, I'm waiting for it. Any minute can happen next month. I can wake up and everything will, will be greatly increased. So they yeah. negotiated the minimum wage for three years, to, uh, and they chose the minimum wage, which, which was not um, a happy situation for the overall uh, overall population, and definitely Honduras is about to have a social outburst greater than when Celaya was ousted out of office.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, because we that, can't, that's...
1: we can live here. I mean, it's too, it's too expensive.
0: Yeah, you're you're saying something has to give, something has to happen because of the conditions that are that are now uh, in effect. Um, in a way that that shows some potential for hope. I mean, it's dangerous as well, of course, because we don't want people getting hurt and such. But it sounds like you're saying uh, better than. The, the spirit that came with Zelaya, something even more so, uh, could come along and soon to, to right these wrongs?
1: Well, I, don't, I would not really label it as hope. I think it's, it's something that the U.S. government and the rich people of Honduras are trying to do is create crises. I think yeah. if they create crises, they're going to be here. They're going to have, uh, they're going to have an excuse to be present in this country, and mm. I, I really think the Department of State really is looking for for uh, uh, a conflict to occur in Honduras. Hmm. That's definitely That's... something that 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 we're trying to have. Um, I myself really work with other people and try to convey to them that it's it's. It's better to have uh, a civil rights movement in a peaceful way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the risk but they're for
1: pushing the society—they're pushing the society to really want a, a, um, a major conflict.
0: Yeah, which would be bad uh, for for a lot of people and a lot of innocent people. Um, yeah.
1: Yes, they want to they want to make this state it, uh, turn it into a into a failed state, which it is, but the. They're really uh, pushing it to have crises.
0: Yeah, I hear and these terms. it
1: has terms... to do with U.S. involvement here in Honduras.
0: Right. Yes, you've you've definitely uh, I've read and you've talked about that. Um, I do see those terms like failed state. Um, I even see the, this this report not too long ago about uh, how. According to a poll, this was also in, in these times, actually, a uh, majority of Hondurans no longer see democracy as the best form of government. Now, I know that stuff gets out into the media and polls aren't always the truth. Um, what do you gather from your conversations with people? Are they now no longer interested in democracy and more interested in some strong, uh, strong man in this case, because uh, he's a pr- the president, um, in power and in control?
1: Well, to me, there's one term that, that democracy has to do with one thing, uh, and that's uh, freedom. But here in Honduras, we have uh, democracy really has two definitions: democracy for the rich and democracy for the poor. Hmm. The democracy for the poor has to deal has to do with um, social justice, and democracy for the poor has to deal with that they could do whatever they want in this country. They could steal they could uh, corrupt pe- corrupt people uh they could uh sell the state if they want to they could um legislate however they want to so that's freedom and that's democracy for them for the majority of people democracy for us is social justice
0: yeah yes yeah so You're it described. depends where you
1: are standing which 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 side you are in hmm
0: Definitely a a two-tiered democracy and and a lot of inequality is what I'm hearing uh, in your words. Um, Gilda Batista, thanks so much for taking the time today. I'll mention again uh, Refuge Without Limits. Um, If I can provide a link to that or any other work, you you tell me uh, off the air, and I'll put that alongside this audio uh, on the site um best of luck with your work uh, hopefully just like you said it's a, a civil rights movement that leads to change and rather than a, a violent conflict or anything like that that would uh, hurt innocent people um i really appreciate you taking the time today
1: well thank you mark
0: Our next guest on the program today is the director of Rights Action. He's on the line now from the United States, just returned from Honduras. Uh, Graham Russell, good morning.
3: Good morning. Nice to be with you. Uh,
0: Glad to have you. Um, You've returned recently from Honduras. We were just speaking about things happening there. I wanted to get a second perspective. you're obviously working in the world of human rights, so I have an idea of what you're, you know, uh, observing and looking around for. But tell us, uh, what did you see on your latest trip to Honduras, especially as it relates to the events with, uh, you know, being declared this most dangerous country and the Operation Lightning?
3: Well, it's a devastating situation, and your listeners probably have been aware of this, but it. it... It, it all started in recent history with the coup, the the June uh, two thousand and nine military coup that ousted the government of President Zelaya. And this may be a, a sort of an analysis that your listeners have already heard, but nothing much has changed since the coup, except that it's gotten a lot worse, <laughs> the entire situation in the country. But um, and and it, in in the short term, I don't think there's any um, light on the horizon it's going to remain uh, a very um, violent and repressive country in the near future. This may change over the the next two or three years when they will have to have uh, uh, elections, presidential elections, in uh, late 2013. And that may give some hope on the distant horizon of, of some change. But for throughout 2012 and into 2013, Honduras will remain a profoundly repressive and very violent country.
0: Hmm. Um, when we were speaking earlier with Gilda Batista, she talked about Zelaya, indeed a bit like what you said, uh, that, that you know this all comes a little bit from that time where he was ousted by a military coup. Um, I want to get into Zelaya a little bit now. In speaking with Gilda, and if you look around, there are those, uh, and and actually they're quite uh, prominent voices online that talk about the things he was doing, uh, putting into policy that were improving the lives, uh, yep. you know, minimum wage. Um, it, it seemed to touch on a lot of areas. So yep. we've got a list of the stuff that Zelaya was doing well, and then... We have, on the other side, the wealthy, the, the, the corporate interests, as, as they've been presented, that wanted him out, right? Um, yep. Is this the whole picture about him? I'm not, like, I'm not looking for his, you know, his pitfalls, right. but if we compare it to a Chavez, like I can give you the positives, and I've heard a lot about the positives of Chavez, but there's also a downside to Chavez, of course. Um, right. uh, so what about Zelaya? I mean, well, is it that he's well, so him- great—
3: But without getting into uh, Venezuela, (laughs) it's not that Zelaya was so great, Um, but it is the whole story with respect to uh, the devastating levels of repression and violence in the country today. So what do I mean by that? Right, so actually, we've worked in Honduras since 1998, Mm -hmm. and we started working there after Hurricane Mitch devastated the country. And since 1998, we have worked with uh, four or five main partner groups, the indigenous Garifuna people on the north coast, the uh, a particularly uh, harmful gold mining-related struggle in central um, Honduras in the Syria Valley, with the, the Lenca descendant Campesino people in western Honduras, and then with one of the lead human rights groups, COFADE. We've worked with them since 1998. We've funded these organizations. We've um, brought some of their leaders on speaking tours. We've taken delegations down. And, and so none of these groups, the point I'm getting to is that none of these groups uh, in the late 2000s were fans of President Zelaya's government. They did not think that President Zelaya and his entire government was uh, some radical revolutionary president. Um, and, in, and in fact, in the case of the, uh, the gold mining struggle, they, they were nothing but critical of President Zelaya's government because President Zelaya's government did absolutely nothing to, to hold accountable the Canadian gold mining giant, Gold Corp, Inc., for some very serious health and environmental harms that it was contributing to. And on the north coast, the, the indigenous Garifuna people Uh, were uh, we're very critical of President Zelaya's government because he was doing nothing to curtail and control uh, a very brutal onslaught of the global tourism business into Garifuna territories. So what I'm getting at is that there's no doubt that President Zelaya and his government started to implement some very small Incremental changes, and they were good, and I could list them, and you probably listed them with, with your previous speakers, but in no way, shape, or form was this some sort of radical government bringing about the types of changes that Honduras needed. Having said that, even the small changes that he was bringing about were too much for the, 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 the wealthy and, and militarily powerful conservative sectors, and they conspired with interests across the Americas, particularly in the United States. To, to oust uh, a, re- a, a relatively benign uh, um, government. Hmm. And what happened is that Honduras was not some paradise before the coup where everything was working well. It, was, it still had uh, uh, some of the highest indices of poverty and exploitation in the Americas. It still had problems, serious problems of, of violence and, and also some repression. But what did happen is that all of those indicators have got worse. The mm-hmm. levels of poverty have increased, and the levels of state repression and generalized violence have have increased in extraordinarily uh, in, in extraordinary measures.
0: Yeah, I understand. So, so it was not you know not that it was paradise, not that things were so great, not that, but that since then things have gotten from what was a mixed situation to even worse. Yes. Uh, You mentioned the U.S. involvements. It always comes up, of course, uh, in Central America in general. Let's talk about the corporations. You mentioned Gold Corp. I've heard that name before. And in general, uh, Canadian mining has taken a weird turn in the last uh, decade or so. What other corporations? It seems like there's a lot of multinationals that have their hands in Honduras. Uh, Who are the big ones?
3: Well, the the historic big ones are the banana banana companies uh, on the north coast, like Chiquita Bananas, and the history of the banana companies goes back even to the United yeah. Food Company that yeah, played I know such it a well. devastating role. <laughs> um, and so, Chiquita Bananas is the is the main one in uh, Northern Honduras now, and and they were impacted by uh, the, the decision of the previous government to raise the minimum wage. Um, even though the minimum wage they were raising it to was still about $100 a month. So we're talking about very small incremental change. Yeah. But Chiquita Banana was, would have been impacted by that change. There is the sweatshop industries. Um, I don't know all the names of the companies, but there's a major Canadian sweatshop company there called Gildan that also um, operates sweatshops in Haiti and other countries. Then there there is the mining industry, and the mining industry is actually... Very timely today because it, now two and a half years after the coup, this this illegitimate Congress is about to pass a new mining law that's going to once again open what well, what everyone fears. It's once again going to open the floodgates for Goldcorp and and um, other international um, mining companies to uh, start running wild throughout Honduras. And the statistics from the from the early two thousands show that allegedly, I don't have uh, concrete proof of this, but over 30% of Honduras's landmass has been given out in concessions. I think they're Ill, ill-gotten concessions. But over 30% of the country's landmass has been given out in concessions to international mining companies. And one of the decisions that the government of President Zelaya had done was to put a moratorium on the handing out of new concessions. And so... While the moratorium in 2008 did not affect Gold Corp's mining operation, which was already operating, it did shut down the mining industry from expanding. And it looks like that all of that's going to end fairly soon when this illegitimate Congress tries to ram through a, a new mining law.
2: Hmm.
0: As I look through um, some of the work that your organization's been doing, uh, Rights Action, um, I noticed recently this article regarding LGBT rights and the situation in Honduras. I mean, we know that it's already a very uh, violent situation in terms of crime and and, and murder. Um, A a bit on LGBT community, you know, apparently also very much the target of, of some of this violence.
3: I think that they're absolutely targeted. Now, the bigger picture is just the the generalized state repression and violence in the country as a whole. The the repression is not uniquely focused on LGBT, but without question, since the coup, there's been a a more extreme conservative backlash in the country, and one of the manifestations of that conservative backlash is a sort of... uh, uh, a a significant increase in uh, repression against and discrimination against the LGBT community. And that is now manifesting itself in in these very high um, attack and murder rates against uh, that community. And so what Honduras now, you know, loosely defining these concepts is, one of the murder capitals of the world it has one of the highest rates of killing uh, journalists that are trying to uh, do their profession and it has one of the highest rates of killing uh, members of the lgbt community it's extraordinary it's devastating
0: yeah and i've I've read some quotes from the the state department which actually brings me to my last question today Um, you know we've been told that the u s has their interests and and from military to sort of government involvement I've read the State Department, you know, of course, they always say the very nice things in their, in their big uh, press releases where they talk about, of course, human rights, even LGBT uh, uh, rights. Um, is there sort of two faces here? Is it the State Department goes one way when it comes to Honduras and, and that region, and then maybe the rest of the U.S. government sa- does another thing? Or, or are they all... No, no it's
3: one face. The, oh. This is not to make an absolute generalization of with U.S. policies around the world, but uh, just to, to focus on Honduras, it, it is the governments of the United States and Canada that have most uh, manipulated information about Honduras and have most supported and legitimized the post-military uh, coup regimes. I, I think a huge amount of responsibility for what's happening in Honduras today uh, Goes back to the the governments of Canada and the United States and the, the the double standard, hypocritical role that our governments are playing. And if and when our governments make public policy statements, of course they're not going to say, "Say we support the increase in violence and repression." Of course, our governments, for public purposes, are going to say, "We support democracy, human rights, blah blah blah." But what's happening, in fact, on the ground in Honduras is just the opposite. Our governments know this, and they're just. Um, not telling the truth about it. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, Graham Russell, uh, thank you so much. Um, Graham is the director of Rights Action. The website is rightsaction.org. You can get background information. Uh, There are recent articles related to both mining and uh, I think labor rights in general, LGBT rights. Uh, I haven't even explored the whole thing. Thanks so much for taking the time, and uh, hopefully things get better, and when we'll hear about it, we'll, we'll be in touch.
3: Thank you very much for having me on. Bye.
0: You've been listening to citizenreporter.org, the podcast dedicated to underreported news and global concerns. And I wanted to make one last note. Today's program was made possible with a great deal of help from journalist Jeremy Kreit, whose work you can read on In These Times, all about Honduras, doing excellent coverage of the situation there. I'll provide links in the show notes. A big thank you one more time to him and a big thank you to any of you out there who are listening but also who have subscribed, who have flattered this program, who have donated in different ways. I thank you for it and I'll catch you here next week. Thanks a lot.
2: Mistakes, and it's your word, I guess a guess that box, but she is always right, cause we you know how it makes it feel so small, I coming, 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 Just go!